Mark chapter 14. We're going to look at the first 11 verses in this text. I'll give you time to find it in your Bibles. I want to remind you that there will be a congregational meeting immediately after the worship service for members. If you're not a member, you can see how we do business. Uh, it'll be short, and all our business meetings are really short, by the way. Uh, the purpose of that congregational meeting is to elect new officers uh, for vacated terms. Uh, so invite you to stay uh, for that after Alfredo does the blessing. We'll get right into the congregational meeting. It will be brief. Mark chapter 14, 11 verses. It's called the Mark and Sandwich. It's a very, uh, it's, it's kind of a dark text. And we're going to see something very beautiful in the midst of this darkness in 11 short verses. There was a storm that was brewing for Jesus. If you were here last week, you saw a storm brewing over the city. The city was going to be destroyed. Now there's a storm that's starting to brew in the life of Christ. I'll never forget as a young boy in high school, uh, the Wilson family summers were filled with three boys going to baseball games. So count them up, three boys, baseball games. There was also uh, usually a week of summer hockey, so throw that into the mix. There was also uh, work, usually at a golf course, throw golf into the mix. There was a lot of sports activities in the Wilson household. I'll never forget one day, I worked at a country club, and my goal was to either work at the club each uh, do my three 13-hour shifts a week, and if I wasn't working, I would go hit golf balls. And uh, I got a junior membership for like $175, unlimited golf, totally free the whole summer. Not a bad deal, right? I also had a driving range, and I'd try to uh, get my handicap down. I'll never forget, absolutely amazing story. Uh, it was back in the days where uh, you, had, you bought your shag bag filled with old golf balls, and you'd hit them, and then you'd go retrieve them, and you'd bring them back up to the top, and you'd hit them, and you'd go retrieve them and bring them back up to the top, and, and, and that was a practice cycle. It was an extremely hot, humid Chicago August afternoon. You could... You could cut the humidity with a knife. It was hard to breathe. I can remember standing up on the driving range just hitting golf balls, and I looked out to the west, and trouble was brewing in the sky. And I thought, i got plenty of time. I can hit the rest of this golf, ball, golf bag, uh, shag bag full of golf balls and retrieve them and get back into my car before I got too wet. No, it didn't really work that way. About halfway through, and the temperature dropped 25 degrees. The wind came in, cooled me off, but I knew I was in trouble. Have you ever been outside with a very dramatic temperature change before? It's kind of cool, and it's kind of frightening. And that's what's happening in this text. There's trouble brewing for Jesus, and now is the time. So let's pick up Mark's Gospel, chapter 14. Uh, verse 1, by the way, I got everything and in my car, and I made it, as you can tell. <laughs> verse 1, chapter 14, now the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming, these rascals, scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But they had at least enough presence of mind. But not during the festival, they said. Or the people may riot. These rascals knew what they were doing. 
There is a storm brewing for Jesus. But in the midst of this storm, this Mark and Sandwich, we have this amazing story. It starts in verse 3. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. I just wanted to say nard in church. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? What is she wasting this for? It could have been sold for more than a year's wage and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. And then Jesus, leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. And here's an amazing statement. I tell you the truth. Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Now that's a beautiful story. In the midst of storm clouds brewing. Verse 10, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. And they were delighted to hear this. And promised to give him money. And so he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. The reading of God's word. Thanks be to God. Let's pray briefly, shall we? Loving and holy God, Mark's gospel is an open secret to all people in all places and in all times. Pierce us this day through a storm brewing with this amazing, beautiful story like a flower that blooms in the springtime. Transform us. Provoke us like a mole that digs in the whole of our heart, restoring us to a deeper and faithful walk with you. In the strong name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Did you see the Mark and Sandwich? Two verses at the beginning, darkness, right? Looking for a reason to kill him, but they were smart. It's during the feast of Passover, and at the end, Judas. And that sandwiches, that brackets, this beautiful thing, this story of this woman in Bethany. Storm cloud is brewing, but there's a beautiful thing right in the midst of this storm. Somebody recently asked me uh, what my name was all about. Tobin, I don't hear that name very often. Tell me about Tobin. And there's a great story behind that. Uh, 
So I'm the oldest of three boys. I was named after a track and field star named Tobin Rote Jr. Anybody remember that guy? Ever tell this story? Tobin Rote Jr., track and field star back in the 50s. My dad loved him. My middle brother, Matt, was named after Eddie Matthews, football player, right? Great football player. Baseball? Baseball player. Let's do it this way. A professional athlete. It's not my name. I don't have to get the facts right. And then my younger brother, Dan Wilson, not named after any professional athlete, either Olympian or professional athlete, and he becomes one. <laughs> Still irritated with that. My therapist is happy. Tobin wrote Jr., track and field star, these track and field guys. So as a kid, knowing this, I'm fascinated. I didn't run track. I didn't do anything like that. I thought it was fascinating. And the hurdler guys, those people are amazing. To get to beautiful things, friends, when the storm is brewing, we've got to jump successfully over three hurdles. Freedom is available. Freedom is a beautiful thing when we overcome three hurdles. Hurdle number one. Ready? Hurdle number one, sabotage by theological police. I'm going to go through these quickly. Sabotage by the theological police. Verses one and two. These rascals, these chief priests, these teachers of the law, these know-it-alls were looking for a reason to kill him. It's what it says. Church people are going to kill Jesus the Christ. During Passover. These intellectuals, they were calculating. And yet their hearts were in the wrong place. Friends, if we make it about having to be right and stay in power, our hearts are in the wrong place. Freedom is available when we jump that hurdle. Having to be right. You ever been in a conflict with someone? Who said that? Tim, yeah. Yeah, right? I'm right. You're wrong. Really? Do you want to be right or do you want to be in love? These intellectuals, these theological police, their heart was in the wrong place. Freedom is a beautiful thing when we overcome this Inherent desire to be right all the time. Hurdle number two. Sabotage by grumbling. I love this part. This beautiful thing happens, and yet the followers, these are the people closest to Jesus, hanging out with Him, eating with Him in this table, this home in Bethany. This woman, this, this nameless woman arrives with a jar a very expensive perfume, and she breaks the perfume to anoint Jesus. This was, this was an anointing ceremony that was reserved for prophets, priests, or kings. She got it. She understood that the Messiah was in front of them right here, right now. She had eyes to see and ears to hear, and she took out of her poverty, commentators believe, her most prized possession takes it to the banquet, breaks it, and anoints Jesus with oil. 
reserved for a king as a foreshadowing event of his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. And everybody else at this banquet, it seems, was grumbling. Look at this lady. She's bringing in all... What is she doing? You're kidding me. That's, that's like a year's wage. That can feed 7,500 people. You know what needs to happen. We need not to send more people down there. We need to save the money and send the money there as well. Instead of paying for people to go, we need to save the money and just send the money to the poor. Have you ever thought that? This, is, this woman is in a beautiful thing in the midst of all this darkness. You see, they were too busy grumbling. They couldn't see it. Their hearts were not in the right place. Because when we make it all about or only about the rules around the money... We miss the point. And yet there's this woman. There she is. She gives everything out of nothing. Hurdle three. Sabotaged by betrayal. This is our good friend Judas Iscariot. And let's not be too hard on Judas because we are he. He goes to the chief priests to quite literally betray Jesus the Christ. (laughs) I'm so curious in verse 11. They were so delighted. just so delighted this makes my day and their hearts weren't in the right place either when we make it all about undermining someone's success or the ministry of the church or pulling the rug out from someone our 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 hearts are in the wrong place But this woman, this, this woman, a diamond in the rough, an oyster that we pull out, or a pearl that we pull out of an oyster. Jeez, that was terrible. A late night. She has no name. She probably has very little money. She has absolutely no speaking part in the story. Yet with her whole being, she enters into the banquet room and she breaks this jar and anoints the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Everybody else in the story, 
Everybody else is talking except her. She simply does. She acts. She goes. She is Jesus with skin on. She does not need to be noticed. She does not need to be acclaimed. She does not need to have this event tweeted out. She simply does by going and doing. This woman, in the midst of all the darkness of these storm clouds, she understands what freedom is. And she blazes a news trail. And Jesus says, you have done this most tender and beautiful thing to me from here on out. That's why we're speaking about it this morning. This story will be told because you understand what freedom is. Wow. Just wow. This is a a wake-up story for all of us. We are alone in this world, and the world's a little messed up. But Jesus, through this woman, is telling us about a story that begins in time and ends in eternity. Wake up. Let's draw a few takeaways from this woman. Actually, I wish this was last week. This would have been a great Mother's Day message. I was kind of bummed out Sunday afternoon when I, when I read this again and it sunk in. I thought, hey, let's have Mother's Day two weeks in a row. Why not? This woman gives every single thing she has out of nothing. Do you? This woman said absolutely nothing, but did absolutely everything that was necessary. Do we? This woman wasn't there to be heard, or to be known, or to be recognized, or to get her way. She simply worshipped. Do we? Will we? This is a strong story. Very dramatic. It's a dark portion of Mark's gospel from here on out. But in the darkness comes light. After Friday comes Easter Sunday. The deeper we go into the darkness, the more profound the light and the joy becomes. This woman with no name, understands who's standing right in front of her. And she says, yes. She says, yes. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a very beautiful thing indeed. Let's pray.
Everything about this story humbles me and us, God. Sure, we all want to be right. Sure, we all have priorities. Sure, we want to be noticed and recognized. Our world is built around it. It thrives within it. And yet, gospeling in the way of Jesus Christ is absolutely none of those things. Freedom. In and through your son. Because of the courage, the audacity, the bravery, the fecundity of this woman who has no name and has no part to speak. May we be that humble. And may you, God, be that elevated and exalted. In your name we pray. Amen.